This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at calvaryftw.com. Everybody say revival. I love that word because it means so many different things to so many different people. Uh, For some people, I've I've said this every Wednesday now in the month of August, for some people you get real nervous because you think that means church for a whole bunch of straight nights. For others of you, you think that means a guest preacher and an evangelist that comes and and preaches and uh, he, he shares the word of the Lord. And all of those are really cool meanings of the word revival, but you know, the word revival really means a little bit more than that. Those are more of a church cultural understanding of revival. But the true biblical response concerning revival is, can really be summed up in the life of Lazarus, where life is returned, where there is a reviving of someone's life. And of course, we all know that there's so many different portions of our lives. There's a physical uh, reviving that's possible, but then there is this spiritual awakening, this spiritual revival that is available to each and every one of us. And this month, what I've tried to do is present to you through Scripture that renewal and refreshment from the Lord comes from the breath of God, the pneuma, the wind, the very breath of God that was first released into the life of Adam. And then we see it released through many lives through Scripture. Of course, we know Lazarus. He, he received the breath of, of God. But then we see in the New Testament uh, teachings of the book of Acts and into the church's epistles, we see that the breath of God was the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I've taken every Wednesday in the whole month of August, and we've just kind of scaled back a little bit, and we've been teaching through Scripture uh, concerning this, this beautiful opportunity. That's what it is. It's an opportunity for the believer to be touched by the breath of God, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And in week one, we talked about uh, the beautiful uh, relationship between the love of God, the grace of Christ, and the friendship of the Holy Spirit. And then in part two, we talked about something kind of interesting. I've actually had a few text messages uh, concerning part two and, and so many of you kind of, you were digging that concerning the correlation between the Old Testament feast, the feast of Passover, the, the feast of Pentecost, and the feast of Tabernacles concerning the fulfillment of that through the life of Christ. And, and then, of course, uh, last week, we, we, we really dealt with the communion or the fellowship, the friendship of the Holy Spirit. And then tonight, what I would like to do Hopefully some of you, I know Cynthia did because Cynthia text messaged me about this. Cynthia, I'm bragging on you for a moment. Uh, Last Wednesday night, I told you, hey, here's your homework, right? Your homework was to kind of spend some time reading the book of Acts. And Cynthia text messaged me and she said, Pastor Tommy, I've read the book of Acts so many times, but for some odd reason, it is jumping off the pages and it's full of life this time around and I'm seeing things I've never seen before and I just celebrate that. Uh, The book of Acts is a great place to spend some time in scripture. So following up on that little piece of homework, uh, tonight what I want to talk about is the word 
baptism, baptism. And this will be our last Wednesday of August. It will be our last night studying this little series called Revival. So we're going to hit it and hit it good. So here we go. Take out your Bibles to the book of Acts chapter number 19. Acts 19. And while you're finding Acts 19, I'm going to kind of catch you up on, on kind of what's happening. The birth of the New Testament church was literally, the New Testament church was birthed in uh, what would be typed to chapters. It would be chapters 1 and 2 of the book of Acts because at that point, the New Testament church was birthed when we see a sermon preached by a gentleman by the name of Peter and the Holy Spirit was poured out in its first time in the opponent experience, as we've taught this month. And that revival started with about 3,000 people being added to the church. And then it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and they began to have revival all throughout the land. Now, Acts 19, some writers choose to say this is 30 to 40 years later. And that's very critical that you catch that. It's many, many years later from the pouring out of the Holy Spirit initially. And that's, that's, that's a big deal. So you really need to pay attention to that. This is way down the road. There's been several churches started. There's been several uh, scripturally documented experiences of, of life change by means of water baptism and Holy Spirit baptism. But then here we find in Acts 19 a really neat thing that takes place in Acts chapter 19 and verse 1. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus and finding, listen to the terminology now. And, and I'm really asking you guys to just kind of have an open mind and, and, and check this out. Listen to the terminology Finding certain disciples, he said unto them, to these certain disciples, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Since you believed. Certain disciples that had in their past believed. And the question is, have you received the gift of the Holy Ghost since you believed? And we have one of the most beautiful, honest, honest, keeping it real response. We have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing us to see some real, honest-to-goodness response in Scripture. Because that response, that response is a like it's it's a lot like a lot of people in my life, and it's it's like a lot of people that could be even here tonight. I know that it's like several in our church. So I want to just start things out tonight and say how beautiful it is in Scripture where Christ can. 
reach everyone if we have open eyes to read and an open mind to comprehend. We have believers that yet not uh, that have yet to have heard about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And can I just, I want everyone to take a deep breath and get this in, down in your heart. If you've not heard of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, don't allow yourself to feel awkward about that. Don't allow yourself to beat yourself up about that. Don't allow religious people to make you feel bad about that. Don't allow cousins and aunts and uncles and mothers and fathers and grandparents to make you feel less of a believer for not having heard of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I know people in my life that um, truly take the posture, they take the stance that, that, that he or she could not even qualify as a lover of Jesus Christ without ever hearing of the Holy Spirit's ministry. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, don't, don't, don't take your rightful place on the throne of God just yet. Uh, he's still God and we are still his children and followers of Christ. We're, none of us have written this good book. We have been given the book to read. Can I get an amen? So it's so cool to see people say, we've not even heard about this. Tell us more. What, what's, what, what do you mean, the, the gift of the Holy Ghost? So I just share with you tonight in opening remarks that the ministry of the Holy Spirit is available to all people. The good news is, is that for every single one of us in this room tonight, God had it designed that we're here to hear about the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen? How lucky are we to be a part of a, of a wonderful people that have been reached with the love of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Christ, and now we find ourselves hearing the teaching concerning the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Somebody say amen. So let's talk about this word baptism for a few moments. Uh, when we say baptism, here we are in the Bible Belt, the South. We're in the city of Fort Worth and its surrounding areas. Very, very few people have, have probably uh, made it to some form of adulthood without ever hearing of the word baptism. They've heard it to some degree. And majority of people, uh, Christians you know, alike, majority of people when they hear baptism, they think water baptism. They think about, they get a visual of a preacher uh, either standing outside or inside a tank of water and someone being baptized uh, in water. That's their first thought, generally speaking. Now, there may be someone that would have a different thought, but overall, majority of us think when we hear baptism, we think of a, of a water baptism. And without question, that's legit. And uh, we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. But there's also other types of baptisms represented in, in the New Testament church. And I think that we owe it to ourselves to be familiar with all types of baptisms. If baptism is such a critical thing, then we need to be familiar with all types of baptism. Well, let's first just talk about the word. 
For some of you that's writing notes, write down this word, baptizo, baptizo, B-A-P-T-I-Z-O, baptizo. It literally means to immerse, to immerse or to cover or to saturate, uh, to immerse, to cover, and to saturate. So back to water baptism, uh, the reason that we as a church practice, along with so many other churches, when we baptize someone, we believe in immersion or saturation or covering, meaning a full uh, body experience of baptizo, being fully immersed. But along the lines of there being other baptisms, okay, I want you to look with me in Scripture to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians 12. And I want to talk about a really neat, critical, and sometimes misused, simple little word that gets misused. There's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then there's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And a lot of people kind of bounce those interchangeably, and, you know, we kind of get it. We kind of understand what we're trying to say. But if we really want to get nitpicky, that can get confusing to people that actually know the differences in, of and in baptism of the Spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 13. For by one Spirit, join me tonight and say one Spirit. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free. It's by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. This is a good moment for me just to celebrate the body of Jesus Christ, which is known as the church. All of us that are a part of the church were baptized into it. It wasn't so much water baptism, okay? Again, we're going to really have to stretch ourselves not to automatically go to water baptism. Every time you hear Pastor Thomas say baptism, we're thinking getting wet. Well, immersed, the Holy Spirit immerses, it saturates, it covers, it leads you, it takes you, it propels you, it baptizes you into the body of Christ. Okay? I'm, I'm, it's just simply tied to Scripture. This one spirit, by one spirit. Here's a little country phrase. What's doing the doing? What's doing the baptizing? The Holy Spirit is baptizing us into the body of Christ. Let me take this a little bit further. Uh, the book of John, chapter number 6. If you would like to write it down, I'm going to have to kind of speed things up a little bit. So if you just want to make some notes. In the book of John, chapter number 6. In verse 44, what we see is, is that no one, no one can come to Jesus Christ unless that we've been drawn by the Father. It says, except the Father which has sent me draw him. This is what I want you to do tonight. Turn to your neighbor and say, I came to know Jesus because I was drawn by the Holy Spirit. That's right. Now, what, 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 what could we say right now? We could say, That's, I don't know about that. My mama took me to church. Well, guess where your mama found the Lord? 
Your mama found the Lord from a neighbor or a preacher. Well, guess where that neighbor or preacher found the Lord? If you trace this all the way back, this was the ministry of God. The Holy Spirit came drawing people to, the, to Jesus Christ. Here's how we know that. Cassie, not one thing as you're sitting there in your scrubs, you've had a long, hard day, you came straight from work, you're, you're an unbelievable, awesome young lady. But as awesome as you are, there's not one thing in you, Cassie, that truly would not want to serve yourself. You want to serve yourself. You are selfish. You're greedy. And, and, and this applies for all of us. But your humanity says, I don't need God. I don't want God. I, I'm all about me. But at some point, the Holy Spirit tapped you on your shoulder, whether it was from a Sunday school teacher, whether it was from a television preacher, whether it was a neighbor. some point, the Holy Spirit made its way into your heart and drew you. The Bible says it this way. No man comes to repentance, but by what? The goodness of God. Woo! This boy's about to preach a little bit tonight. It's the goodness of God that draws us. You didn't all of a sudden wake up one day and think, I think I want to be a Christian. You didn't do that because you love the club, you love the drugs, you love the alcohol, you love this. Now, all of a sudden, I know what's going on right now. I don't love any of that because of the Holy Spirit. Outside of the, outside, wake up call, news flash, front page article, outside of the Holy Spirit and the love of God that's constantly pulling and reaching and convicting and, and wooing you, you would be in love with the club, with the drugs, with the alcohol, with adultery, with selfishness, with greed, with lying and cheating. Why? Because that's the real you. But once you came to Jesus, because the goodness of God got a hold of your heart, because you were revived, you had the breath of God come by through someone or some other channel. The breath of God drew you to a point where you said, this isn't working for me, and my eternity's on the line, and i got to make a life change. And I feel, I, I sense that the direction I need to take is towards the, towards the Lord. You didn't just wake up and say, I think I want to be good. No, you came to God and God helped you get good by the righteousness that's available through Jesus Christ. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord tonight. <clears throat> Man, I could dismiss you right now. And no one wear your feelings on your shoulders, okay? Don't wear your feelings on your shoulders when I tell you this. For some of us, me being, I'm preaching to myself. Some of us have lived for God long enough and we've been around church long enough. We grew up on a pew long enough. We know church well enough that we forget where God's brought us from. We don't smell like smoke. We don't smell like the club. We don't, we don't dress like the club. We don't, we don't have any of that. Don't be so foolish to think it's been on your own goodness. It's been because the Holy Spirit has drawn you out of that, man. Don't be so self-righteous. Keith, come up here and play my imaginary organ while I preach. I'm just picking, bro. I feel a Wednesday night. Well, a little Wednesday night. Dramatic presentation 
of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. Everybody say the word within. Man, this is the within experience of the Holy Spirit. This is what's crazy. Acts 19, they said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? This is what's crazy. They said, their words were, we've not even heard about the Holy Ghost. Little did they know, though, their, their, their lives had been touched by the Holy Ghost. They just have yet had an, an, a revelation. They've just yet had a light bulb moment of what caused them to believe in the first place. <laughs> There's a within ministry of the Holy Spirit, man, that's at work right now in that crude, rude, filthy living co-worker of yours. The Holy Spirit's still working within. And you may say, how can you say that? I know his lifestyle. I didn't say he was spirit-led. But I will tell you, the love of God, the goodness of God, is at work in that man or that woman's life. Your children that aren't living right, your children that are not manifesting a righteous lifestyle can i tell you the goodness of the lord is still working in their lives doesn't mean that they're yielding to it doesn't mean that they're loving back but don't tell me that there's something that can separate me from the love of god because if you come at me with that you just out of scripture nothing can separate me from the love your kids that are in jail your kids that are living in the streets your your, your family members that are lost the love of god is still reaching still calling still working now we just need to pray that somebody says have you believed have you had that moment where you've said yes to the Lord? Have you heard about the love of Jesus Christ? How can they be saved without them hearing from a preacher? Isn't that what we talk about? Well, it's not just a pulpit. It's neighbors, it's friends, it's cousins, it's moms and dads and aunts and uncles. Somebody preaching the good news of Christ. This is the within ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me tell you what this satisfies, okay? Let's kind of let's pull back the curtain a little bit, and let's talk a little church language. Again, I try my best to avoid this on Sundays, but on Wednesdays, I can, I can kind of talk church language and get away with it. Let's talk church language. I grew up in a culture that you never could claim to have been touched or ministered to or even be familiar with the Holy Spirit unless it was accompanied by the ministry of tongues, okay? Now, let me satisfy that, okay? Because I am so comfortable discussing this, and I want some of you to become a little bit more comfortable discussing it. The within experience of the Holy Spirit has zero, absolutely nothing to do with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. The within experience of the Holy Spirit is not tied to the gifts of the Spirit. All of that is an upon, U-P-O-N. That's an upon experience that is extremely valid, extremely needed, extremely desired, and extremely practiced in this church. What I'm talking about is there's a within experience that is active today in all the planet Earth. All the world is being reached to and loved on and reached for by the within experience of the Holy Spirit. Are you tracking with me so far? But here's where some people make their critical mistake. They're satisfied with that. 
And they don't want to go any further with the ministry of the Holy Ghost. And can I tell you that once you take that position, you are, you are literally stepping out of some of the commandments of Jesus Christ. And I know that word commandment strong, but can I tell you that when Jesus Christ took the pulpit, so to speak, on the mountain of ascension, he commanded those that were hearing him to go and tarry in Jerusalem. It was a commandment of Christ. And out of all the people that were sitting there listening to him preach, those that obeyed went and tarried, waited. It's a big fancy word for they just simply went and they waited. They waited for more instructions from God. And through prayer and through reaching for God, the Holy Spirit was poured out upon those that received. Now check this out. Some of y'all are going to love this right here. This is my stuff. I love this stuff. Everybody say, I'm glad my pastor loves it. Check this out. This is so good. Watch this. Don't let me leave tonight without getting back to water baptism, okay? Y'all can't let me leave. Even if it's 9 o'clock, y'all can't let me leave. <laughs> Y'all look at Matthew chapter 3 real quick. Matthew chapter 3. You know you ought to be listening to somebody that's called John the Baptist on the topic of baptism. If the brother's got a name Baptist following his name, you might want to listen what his take is on baptism. You know what I mean? How you doing? I'm, I'm John the mechanic. Can I talk to you about your car? No. But I'm John the mechanic need to know about my, what you think about my car, but I'm John the mechanic. John the Baptist may have something that we might want to hear about baptism, right? This is what he says in Matthew 3. Uh, John says, uh, check this out, I, in, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Who's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost? Jesus. Check this out, Glenn. There's the baptism of, of the Holy Spirit. It's immersing. It's saturating. It's covering you with the love of God, the goodness of God. It's reaching for you. But now we have Jesus Christ on the scene. And he's come now to take it to a whole nother level. And John the Baptist is, boy, he's dunking them in water because they're repentant heart. And he's saying, this is all we got right now and this is good, but I got a feeling there's something better coming. And matter of fact, it's the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. All I'm doing is setting the stage all I'm doing is kind of preparing the way. Forerunner. I'm a forerunner for what Jesus is going to do. Because what he's going to do, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So, here we have Jesus. Ooh, somebody check this out. Look here now in chapter 3. Um, well, my, my, little, my little hand changed my page. Hold on. 
Little crazy iPad, boy, gets you confused sometimes. Look at John chapter 1, John 1. John 1, check this out. This is beautiful. John chapter 1, verses 29 through 33. Is everybody okay? Am I moving too quick for you? Is this all right? John chapter 1, verse number 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him. He says, Behold the Lamb of God. If you remember in part 2, and if you were not here for part 2 of the revival series, you might want to go online and listen to that. Because this is the Passover Lamb being fulfilled in Jesus. Okay? Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Ooh, come on somebody. The death of Jesus making us right with God. Glory to the Lord. This is he whom I said, after me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I coming baptizing with water. John, doing the dunk thing, baptizing with water. Who? Those that were repentant. Those that had repented of their sins. John the Baptist started the process of baptizing in water. And John bear record saying, I saw, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him. Upon who? Upon who? Jesus. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we can't talk about this without talking about this. Jesus Christ is the ultimate example for all of us. Amen? He's the example of water baptism. John baptized in water Jesus Christ. And here, Jesus Christ has the Holy Spirit come upon him. You talk about the mighty example for all of us to follow. It says the Holy Spirit, like a dove, came upon him. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. In other words, John's saying, y'all need to get ready. This water baptism has been awesome. And, and all of us need it. But there's about to be a baptism, an immersion a covering, a saturation that only Jesus Christ can give. But get ready, it's going to change your life. It's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Turn over to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Have y'all ever, have y'all ever thought about this while you're turning to Acts 10? Have y'all ever thought about this? Have you ever noticed in Scripture that Jesus Christ... Jesus Christ never performed any signs and wonders or miracles before that moment that the Holy Spirit came upon him. You ever thought about that? Old carpenter's boy. Although at a childlike age of 12 stood in the temple said, I'm about my father's business, but yet there was no empowerment yet concerning signs and wonders and miracles. But after the Holy Ghost came upon him, you start seeing signs and wonders, miracles, and the mighty God in Christ is in full spiritual operation. As what? An example. 
I know this is not Sunday school, but in a way we need to be reminded the whole idea of being a Christian is to be Christ-like. We need him as a model. His model is if Jesus Christ had this Holy Spirit anointing (laughs) that was followed by signs and wonders and miracles, can I tell you that if you want this supernatural experience in this life, seeing the supernatural, it cannot come outside of the supernatural work of the Holy Ghost. Oh, I feel like saying that again because I'm not sure if everybody caught that. You may crave and desire the supernatural, but that doesn't happen in the natural. It happens by the supernatural, which is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10, is that what I said? Verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And on the day of Pentecost... The book of Acts chapter 2, as, we, as, as we, we refer to the new birth, uh, the, the birth of the New Testament church, rather. We see that empowerment coming upon 120. And as hopefully as some of you have read in the book of Acts this last week, all the signs and wonders, the miracles, the unbelievable conversions... The, the, the crazy testimonies, the supernatural experiences, it all came through the hands, the feet, the ministry of the 120. And it's not by accident. It's because they first obeyed the commandment of Christ. This is all linked together. They, command the, they obeyed the commandment of Christ. They went to Jerusalem. They waited. They prayed. They tarried. They received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And it manifests itself. It duplicated itself as the ministry of Christ. Now, I'm fixing to stretch some of you, but you got to receive this. Some of you, you all, man, you live this stuff. Some of you, you know this like the back of your hand, man. Do you realize that the true purpose of your life now that you've come to Christ is for you to reach someone else for Jesus Christ. So many times, I don't think anyone's guilty of preaching this, but unfortunately, I think it's been accidentally conveyed that the purpose for your life after coming to Christ is to sit on a pew. And can this little preacher boy tell you tonight, that's not the will of God for your life. The will of God for you is to share the good news of Jesus and how you can How you can successfully share the good news of Jesus is share your story. And how you can share it with boldness is being empowered with the Holy Spirit. Because when you have your limits and your weaknesses, the Holy Spirit will speak through you like power. It can tell stories that you and your own cognitive abilities cannot cannot communicate. But the Holy Spirit can. 
So we've taken this month, what we've done, we've just kind of taken a few weeks to, to talk about revival, to talk about how to be revived coming out of a hot summer. We're, we're back into school now. Uh, school is, is kicked off and some of you are getting back into the routine and schedules and uh, I ran into a lady this morning at my own daughter's schools and I said, how was summer? Oh, it was great, but I'm glad it's over. I said, really? Was it not a good summer? It was good, but I'm glad it's over. Well, why is that? Because I'm back in my routine. And for all of us that do still have children in, in the school districts, we know what that, that feeling is. You're kind of back in a routine. So this timing of this series was, was strategic. You're getting into your routine. And physically, you're alive, thanks be unto the Lord. But spiritually, this summer's taken life out of you. You've, you've, you've been traveling. You've had, hopefully, uh, a vacation, a day or two, hopefully. Uh, you've, you, you've, you've been struggling with child care and bouncing back and forth and trying not to miss work. And a lot of us have just, it's been a fast-paced few months. But can I tell you, we're kind of hitting our stride now. And we're coming in down into the fall won't be long until, believe it or not, we're going to be talking holiday stuff before too long. And I think that the will of God for each and every one of us is to be refreshed and to be renewed and to have a touch of the breath of God on our lives. Kind of get us back where we need to be and, and to shake some stuff off and catch a new vision for the fall. And, and, and I just want to tell you as a pastor that the breath of God is available to whosoever will. And the within experience is what got you here tonight. But the upon experience will only happen. It can only happen for those that choose to reach out and show interest and desire and make yourself available. Someone asked me one time, if you, if you just had to give it in simple terms, what are the steps for someone to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit? Can I tell you it's really easy? You just simply have to request it, number one. It's hard to receive anything sometimes without requesting it. You have to just simply request it. Number two, you need to move out all the obstacles of your, uh, that, that could possibly hinder that. What does that mean, Pastor Tommy? Well, you know, the, maybe the awkwardness of it or the, the, uh, uh, the, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for, the... Uh, you're just not so much educated in it or you're unfamiliar. You're unfamiliar with it. And then, unfortunately, as I shared in closing last week, uh, some of us are a little leery of it because of stuff we've heard or stuff we've experienced. However, whatever it would be that would cause you to kind of keep the ministry of the Holy Spirit at arm's length, and I tell you that's what needs to be moved out of the way. So request the Holy Spirit. Move out some obstacles. Kind of reset like, a, like your smartphone. Every now and then you got to reset it. Reset yourself and be fresh and start again anew. And just simply say, you know, I want to give this a chance in my life. Request the Holy Spirit. And then the big one. You ready for the big one? And, and I've mentioned this a lot one-on-one -on -one in the last few weeks with people asking questions. Here's the big one. You have to receive it by faith. Oh, this is so big, it's so good. Do you know, I'm fixing to stretch some of you. What time is it? Don't lie, what time is it? 7.55? 7 what? 
756 on your phone, 755 on her. You just want out. That's a 3G. I trust the 6. Check this out. I'm going to stretch some of you. Listen to this real quick, real quick. Some of you are going to think, whoa, did he really say that? You know, you can't be saved outside of faith. I don't know if anybody knew that. And I'm kind of being sarcastic when I say nobody knew that because I think we all know that. You got to believe. You got to believe. Everything starts with faith, man. Everything starts with faith. It goes back to the Abrahamic covenant. If you really want to get particular with it. Everything starts with faith. Everything. Everything. Everything starts with faith. Everything. Did you know everything started with faith? Everybody say everything. everything. Yeah, everything starts with faith. Man, if you're not believing, if you're not, if you're not trusting, then, then why are you here? Everything starts with faith, with living for God. And the reception of the Holy Spirit comes by faith. Request it. Move some obstacles out of the way. And by faith, receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost. And just as you, by faith, put your confidence in the cross of Jesus Christ, put your confidence that the Holy Spirit will be released in your life. And watch what happens to you. You, too, will have this upon experience that will change your life forever. Let's stand together. I dismiss you with an announcement. That announcement is Labor Day weekend. We're going to have an awesome fun time around here at Calvary uh, because in both services, we're just going to kind of we're just going to kind of focus and 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 make available to all that have a desire. We're going to create the space that's so good, that's so critical. We're going to create the space. Now that we've taken time to educate, now that we've taken time to talk about, now that we've taken time to read, now that we've taken time to kind of shine a light on the ministry of the Holy Ghost, we're going to take that special Sunday and we're going to create time for you to Reach and receive. Amen? Labor Day weekend is going to be a good day. Lord Jesus, I thank you for good people. There are people in this room, God, that are good people. But Lord, it's, it's a fool for us to think that it's our goodness that really makes the difference. Outside of your love for us and outside of what the cross means and outside of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, our goodness really doesn't amount to anything. But because we've been made right by Jesus Christ, we can live right, being empowered and strengthened and 
encouraged by the Holy Spirit. So Lord, for each and every one in this room that maybe their fuel tank's a little low in their spirit life, maybe they feel the heaviness of this life, the weight, the burden, the toil of their job, the stress of family and finance, and maybe it's a physical illness that they're up against. Truly, God, your spirit is parakletos. It's that which cometh along our side and comforts us. So I pray right now that the comfort of the Holy Spirit would work within each and every one tonight that just needs a little, little touch from heaven. Encourage someone tonight. Lift them up. And Lord, for those that really need to just be empowered with boldness from God, may they reach and receive your spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said an amen. amen. God bless you. I love you so much. And I hope you have a magnificent rest of your week.